Am I talking about myself? No. I am talking about Christ. I am talking about the fact that he that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the covenant protection and defense of the Almighty. Who is the African demon? Please, I'm going somewhere. I'm trying to emphasize to us that this small, small talk that we talk is what the Bible calls meditations. That's what I'm trying to emphasize. When you sit down with your family, you sit down with your friends, and you are discussing matters of the country, who do you give the glory to? Like I said all the time, you can travel anywhere you like. It's good. If you like, go to Bolivia, go to Peru, go to Bangladesh, go to Scotland, go to Canada, I don't care. But when you are talking, be careful the kind of things you say about those places. If you say a man can't make it until he has gotten a visa, you have taken glory away from God. You have insulted his name. That's what I'm saying. When you are planning how to spend your money, plan your career, hear the kind of statements you make. Once a friend of mine and I were speaking in the office, and he told me a story that one young man said in his ear hearing of what the young man said. The young man was talking about how to make it in life. Now, what he would like to do after getting a university degree, say in engineering, he would go and look for one of these big men, maybe like the one of these EDs in Shell, Chevron, you know, Ajib, and work there as a driver or as a cleaner in the house. And that he will work very hard so that the man will be impressed. And then one day the man would say, this young man, you are so hard working. Don't you want to go to school? He says, sir, I've gone to school. What? You've gone to school? Yes, sir, I have a degree in engineering. He said, the man will be so impressed, he will get him a job. I told my friend, I said, go and tell that boy. I said, poverty will kill him. He's a schemer. I said, that, that is, he's going to do eye service for what he's going to get. Now, what I'm talking about is the fact that young men talk about this. People talk about this. And they think the Lord is not hearing. And my message today is that the Lord is hearing. They are meditating against the word of God. That's what they are doing. They are meditating against the word of God. We must be careful. God said, you must be careful to give glory. Is that same Malachi? You should know it now. He used to preach Malachi a lot. I think we are around chapter 2. He said, the commandment is to you, O priest. Yes, chapter 2, verse 1. Thank you. It's Malachi chapter 2. The Lord was rebuking the nation. He said, this commandment is for you, O priests. If you do not listen, and if you do not take it to heart, to give honor to my name, says the Lord of hosts, then I will send the curse upon you, and I will curse your blessings, and indeed I have cursed them already, because you are not taking it to heart. Behold, I am going to rebuke your offspring, and I will spread refuse on your faces, the refuse of your feasts, and you will be taken away, and you will be taken away with it. Now let me just stop here. Now, what I want to bring out is that expression where he said, if you do not take it to heart to give honor, 
or to give glory to my name. I want to adapt it in the context of what we are saying, and I want believers to be very, very careful. Remember, don't ever forget, in your private talk, the Lord is hearing. And those are the things that actually constitute meditation. And what I'm teaching today is to explain to believers that you must be careful to give glory to God when you meditate on everything. That's what I want to emphasize. Like our nation, there have been Christ, there's been a lot of crisis in recent times. How do people interpret? I belong to a child group of my colleagues, and it's only out of respect for them that I have not pulled myself out. They annoy me. They do. And if they continue, right now, I don't read, when they talk, I don't read it. Once, once it's serious talk, I just, it's a political matter, I jump it. I don't talk about it. I just, I don't, I don't pay attention to it. Now, that's how the average person talks. The other day I found, in fact, they even sent out around a video clip produced by the current GMD of NNPC, a minister of state for petroleum. I forwarded to my brethren, when I, listening to it, after watching it, I forwarded to my brethren, and I just told them simply, now there are two ways to respond to this. The man talked about the genesis of the current fuel crisis. I don't know how many of you have seen the video. But he has, okay, let me just give you a few in, in 30 seconds, what he said. He said that it started because when they came into, when they came to office, they were owing marketers something between 500 and 600 billion naira in subsidy money. He said it was closer to 600 and to 500. And first he had to get that paid. Went to National Assembly, talked to the president. Finally, it took a while, he got it paid. He said by that time, the dollar crisis had begun. Dollar was scarce. So they now didn't have where to buy dollar to bring in new products. The NNPC before was supplying about 40 to 45% of our consumption nationwide. But all the other people stopped importing. So NNPC was now alone supplying between 80 and 100% of what all of us are going to use in the nation. He said they are not equipped for that. And he talked and talked about the things he had put in place. He's finally planning to get the pipelines flowing again, something that has not worked in about 10 years, that is, they do a bridging all the time. The pipelines should flow. They should just pump fuel in a portacot and they should just come straight to Enugu. That most of these depots have been shut down for up to, up to 10 years. Talked about contracting them out, how they'll get private people to man. I said, it said a lot of things. Later, one of our brothers said, if you go to his website, that in his office, on his wall, he has things written out that they want to do and it ticks them off as each one is being done. That man is very serious. So I told the brethren, I said, listen, there are two ways to respond to this. The first and typical way, the common way, is to look for all the loopholes, all the lies, all the inaccuracies, all the misrepresentations that are possibly present inside those statements. So that's the first way. And believe me, that is what 90% of my countrymen do. Insult the man thoroughly. Remember when you saw him in a private jet? You remember... How, how much money was earning before where he came from? Does he know what poverty is? As if he has anything to do with the job he's doing. You say all of those things, then finally talk about why everything he said will not work. Then by the time you finish, you have spiritually polluted the atmosphere and created a thick fog around him he can't see. If a hundred million people do that to that man, he won't be able to see. They create such a spiritual atmosphere, the man will be confused. So that's the first way to respond. The second way to respond is simple. 
He said, you do like Paul. What does Paul do? Paul will analyze the statement and look for something that we can thank God for inside it. Paul went to Corinth. He heard about Corinth. Let me tell you the things in Corinth. One, there were factions. There were at least three factions mentioned. Some were of Paul. Some were of... Um, uh, no, there were four factions, sorry. Some were of Paul. Some were of Paulus. Some were of Peter. And some said, we are not of any of the three. We are of Jesus Christ. Four factions in the church. In that same church, when they want to prophesy, somebody will say, thus says the Lord. And that will say, wait, let me finish what he's beginning to say to me. Interruption. They used to prophesy in a cacophonous... <laughs> Listen, all their meetings were pure cacophony. Disorder. They were speaking in tongues. Nobody understands what the person is saying. I forgot to tell you, when they come for communion, they went in groups. Rich guys on this side. Poor guys on this side. They ate differently instead of having things in communion. That's the third problem. There's another one I forgot to mention. There was one boy, his own sexual immorality was not practiced even by unbelievers in Corinth. That's what Paul said. Paul said, even this one is not named amongst unbelievers. We've seen at least four problems. We can add more. They don't understand spiritual gifts. We can, reading through the letters of Paul, we can see so many things that were wrong in that church. But Paul will start with, I thank my God when I heard news of your faith. Paul will say, I know you don't come behind in any spiritual gift. Prophecy was with them. Word of knowledge, word of wisdom, performing of miracles, healings, tongues, diverse kinds of tongues. They had all of them. And Paul said, you are not doing bad in that area. He said, but I have something against you guys. I heard there are factions among you. You have been babies. He started with thanksgiving. But you know the way typical brother and sister you have in Nigeria starts when they see government policies? It's with criticism. I remember the first time they built this NMPC uh, uh, mega station in Enugu. Remember that one? Which has been a deliverance for many, many people in this town. You know that? One of my colleagues in the office, I said, oh, NMPC has been in mega because they had one, in, I think they started in Lagos. They were opening different So when Enugu was about to start, I said, wow, they are coming to Enugu with a mega station. I remember the first statement, I said, that is not the solution. <laughs> That was the first statement that came out of an informed man's mind. He said, that is not the solution. So I asked him, solution to what? He said, it's not the solution. I said, to which problem? Whether it will solve all your health challenges, no, it's not the solution. Whether it will bring money into your pocket, it certainly is not the solution. Whether it will earn Nigeria more forex, it is not the solution. But whether it will make fuel more available, definitely it will contribute little. Paul, you know what Paul will do? He will first sit down and look for what to thank God for. So I told my brethren, I said, please, go through what he has said and let's thank God. So I listed a few points. I don't want to bore you because it's not my main message, all right? Just an illustration. I just listed about four things inside the statement made by that man. I said, amongst these things, we can at least give God thanks. I said, what's the next thing? We begin to pray for him. We ensnare him with the words of his mouth. <laughs> we declare that spiritual principle upon him. That you have said this, you will do it. We ask God to send angels to assist him. 
we will frustrate by our prayer the counsel of those who will not benefit from the progress the man is planning. I said, this is how Christians respond. And when we finish all of that, we end it again with thanksgiving. Listen, you are not allowed to say anything different as a believer. Because the Lord is hearing. In fact, I made a statement. I said, when we are saying it, we should remember that it is God that supplies fuel, not human beings. Ah, you don't know that? You have not thought about it before. Now, let me tell you. It is God that supplies fuel, not human beings. Not human beings. Not an NPC. So, boy, an NPC does. Yeah, he uses them. He said, there is no good but God. Any good you see anybody do, God use the person. So you don't ascribe. Listen, if you need fuel, if you need things to work well, you need power to be constant. You don't pray to an NPC, you pray to God. Then he now sends his power through those channels to manifest his glory, if that is what he desires. You know, if you have been praying for Nitel, are you getting my point? Nitel was not the supplier of telephone connection. It was God. So when God says, since you people will not do the job, and it is time to, be, to bless people with something, he went around them and raised up other people until Nitel could not be sold. It was worth nothing. It wasn't worth even the landed property it was sitting on. Even though it's after railway and night post. I don't think anybody in Nigeria has more land than Nitel. Okay, apart from the Orthodox churches, man, those guys get land. <laughs> the Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. Please, I hope you're following what I'm saying today. My emphasis, let me say it again, that's one more time, that when we are talking in our homes, that is when we are actually meditating. That is when God is actually listening. That is when he's actually listening. And that is why we must be careful to give glory to his name and not give glory to any other thing. It is not when we are in church. Everybody behaves well in church. They say what is good in church. But when they are home, when the husband and wife is alone in their room and the children are not there, pastor is not there, of course. Then they start talking. And that is what God actually hears. If you are plotting for your life, you are plotting for your children, God is listening. Are you putting spiritual things into consideration? He's listening. You are plotting how to spend your money. He's listening. All that one that people raise from you in church, that does not decide whether you will prosper or not. <laughs> Listen, let me, if I say this, some people will be surprised. All those offerings that pour out under agitation by somebody on the pulpit, 99% does not produce anything for the Christian that responds. I'm not saying it's bad to give. I'm just saying all those things that they promise you, you won't get it. Don't deceive yourself. You want to know the one that really produces? I will tell you. The one where you're at home and your wife and you, you are talking and you decide, ah, do you know I saw that man the other day? I don't think he has paid his children's fees. And your wife says, eh, are you sure? You know, I saw them in school. I saw something. Ah, what do we do? Let us see what we can do to help. That's how to be blessed. Ah, that thing they said in church today, they really need that money. Why? For that particular, because church is also the work of God. Are you getting my point? Say, ah, are you serious? What can we do? 
Well, I think we can forgo that trip we wanted to take home. That will save us this amount of money. And we can help the brethren with this. That is when God is listening. Are you getting my point? All they want is somebody's jammed as you come to the front. Your life will be moving forward. Better sit down where you are. That's why the Bible talks about being a cheerful giver. That one that rises, is as he proposes in his heart. The one that you, with purpose in your heart, make up your mind. Nobody's there. Nobody's cajoling you. Nobody's putting pressure on you. You're just in your house. You and your friend, you are discussing. I like to use couples as an example. So they can tell, so the left, right, and uh, no, right hand matter is not a big deal here. They can talk to each other. And then they say, those that fear the Lord spoke to one another. And the Lord heard. Please, that kind of talk is what I'm calling meditation. The Bible says, let that meditation, the words of your mouth and the meditations of your heart be acceptable in his sight. Don't ever, let me just clarify that again. Don't ever think while you are discussing. Say, man, there's trouble. I just made up my mind. If I don't go abroad, I will not succeed. You are speaking against God. Those who God said would die in the wilderness, they said exactly the same thing. If we don't return to Egypt, we are in trouble. That's what they said. I need to emphasize this again. See this routine complaining we do every day as as Christians. I wish you know how displeasing it is to God. I will bring it down to certain levels that will surprise you. You travel to Onitia and back and the road is bad. And you sit down at home and said, I don't know, honey, what's good on this country? This country is finished too. Why? A man cannot even drive in comfort to an and back. And we say we have a government. What is the government doing? Every one of those statements is accusation against God. What should you do? It's simple. Count the blessings. Number one, you came back safely. You overlooked that one. How could you have overlooked that? Do you know the number of dangers that the Lord spared you from in going and coming? I don't need to bore you. You know the dangers. Each time you go 100 kilometers that way, 100 kilometers back, you know, sometimes I think about it in the morning. I drive, tell my children, why you go say, I'm going to Newe? They just say, bye-bye, see you. They take it for granted I'm coming back. Do you know how many, how many people go? The journey does not even last 25 minutes. They are dead. It's only at night the family starts saying, why has he not come back? Should we observe the bad rules? Of course. But what do we say? Is what I'm talking about. We don't address such things with complaining. We address such things with gratitude and with prayer. Ah, the Lord will help us. That road will be repaired. How was the journey? Ah, we thank God we are back safely. Was the road smooth? Ah, no, the road was rough. Nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying you can't observe that. Making an observation and complaining. There are giants in the land. Was that not what Caleb said? Did Joshua not say there are giants in the land? All the giants said is, okay, despite the giants, what's going to happen? We will still go in and take the land. But there are giants. Don't worry. Their defenses have departed from them. If our God is with us, those are the statements they focused on. People said, no, the road is too bad. We're not traveling again. And the Lord says, see, how they have conspired against me. 
in this country. Can you imagine? If by the time you do business, by this amount of work, nothing will work again. When you say that, you are poisoning your business. What should you be saying? Please, I've been, I'm talking about this rebuke so much. Let me talk about what we are supposed to build and plant. What should you be saying? You lace every statement with the honor and the glory of God. Say, power is not constant. It's going to be expensive running your business. Say, God will give us wisdom that he has hidden for the upright. <laughs> I don't know whether you're getting my point. How you say, God, there must be, because listen, every adversity has hidden wisdom that God wants to release through it. I still remember when, you know, oh, God is good. Experience alone should teach us not to talk nonsense. What do I mean? Akim Belo Asagi, I quoted him a few days ago here. He said one of his greatest regrets in business is back to it now. He's the chairman of Etisalat. You know that. He, he was amongst those who bidded for GSM license. And somebody said to them that maybe only 30 million Nigerians will buy phones. So they calculated it and said the license is now worth more than $265 million. He said it himself. He said, now we look back. We know the true value of that license was $800 million. When they crossed, when $265 million, all right, was crossed, he dropped out of bidding. He said it was one of the worst business decisions of his life. That was what he said. I'm going somewhere. Why were they saying things to be difficult? Because they said lack of infrastructure. Nigeria doesn't have fiber optic cables. They don't have cables running all over the country. But God gave wisdom to people like MTN and Econet. They've worked in Africa. <laughs> they said those are small things. Those who were listening to the white men, they were confused. When they came, I'm talking about hidden wisdom. If you remember, those of you who use phones very early, there used to be this walkie-talkie kind of lag. If somebody's calling you from Abuja or Lagos, they will talk. There's a small half a second pause before you can re- respond and all of that. Do you know the reason why? Your communication was going through satellite. Satellite communication is slow compared to uh, uh, cable. Now, it was when I was reading the story of Strive initially that I noticed it. When they arrived, communicating between Lagos and Abuja, Abuja and Enugu and different parts of the country was a problem because we did not have the infrastructure, which was the reason why, that was the reason why many people said they are not coming. But those men had a meeting, the Econet people, and Strife said to the engineers, what are we going to do? They said, is there, he asked them, is there any other way? Because they needed to interconnect. Otherwise, they had to route through Nitel cables, which would be, a, you, know, you know the way it would have been, a headache. He said, there had to be a direct way. The man insisted. He said, the only option they have has never been used anywhere in the world. So, they said, so he said, is it that it's not possible or it has never been used? The engineer said it is possible. It's just that nobody has ever done it. He said, in that case, do it. That was the satellite linking that they were doing. They said Nigeria was the first place anybody was using it for telecom, uh, GSM connections. When MTN heard that Econet had done it, the MTN man picked his phone and called that guy. He said, oh boy, you're a cowboy. That's what he said to him. MTN copied. Wisdom that people didn't use because there were other things to do. Listen, in the midst of adversity, there's hidden wisdom. There is hidden wisdom. 
Don't let anybody tell you lies. That the problem is the reason why your business can't do well. It, if you accept it, it is to you according to your faith. How do you build faith? That's the point I'm making. No matter what the problem is, you speak only God's word. Oh, we should read that one that Isaiah said. Because it is so beautiful. <laughs> to the word and to the testimony. He said, if they do not speak according to this word, it is because light has not yet dawned on them. That should be Isaiah chapter 8. Let's start from verse um, 16. He said, bind up the testimony, seal the law among my disciples. He said, I will wait for the Lord who is hiding his face from the house of, Egypt, from the house of Jacob. I will even look eagerly for him. He said, Behold, I and the children whom the Lord has given me are for signs and wonders in Israel from the Lord of hosts who dwells on Mount Zion. He said, When they say, Consult the mediums and the spiritists whom whisper and mutter. He said, Should not a people consult their God? Should they consult the dead on behalf of the living? He said, To the law and to the testimony. That's where we're supposed to go. If they do not speak according to this word, it is because they have no dawn. That is, light has not yet shone on them. Let me stop here. Why I read that is the fact that he directed us to the law and to the testimony. And I was saying earlier, talking about mind, as believers, we must be careful to interpret everything in our lives according to the word of God. I hope you are getting my point. That's what I'm trying to emphasize. Never, ever give the glory to another, another one. What do we do each time we magnify God in the midst of circumstances? Let me quickly drop this, and I begin to close. There is a major problem we have had in Christianity of today, and that is what I call devil worship. People don't realize that they are worshiping the devil. They give glory to his name. That is the devil, I don't mean God's name. They give honor to the name of the devil. Every time people come, they tell you, and the devil came. You've heard it before. And the devil came. And the devil came. And the devil said, I like one pastor those days when we were winners in Lagos, when I used to go for services there, especially during breakthrough seminars. When, you know, the winners, they take this testimony time. So they'll come and say, and the devil came, and the devil came, the man will withdraw the microphone and say, what happened when the Lord came? He always did that. But you see, human beings are so devil fixated. We've heard this this story before now. It's a a joke, but it tells an idea. The devil was sitting in front of a church crying. He said, Mr. Devil, why are you crying? He said, the the lies. The lies. What lies now? He said, everything that goes wrong in these people's lives, they say it is me. Even when I don't know about it. If they drink and drive, and they jam, they say it's the devil. If they smoke next to petrol, and there's fire explosion, they say it is me. Sometimes I don't know, I'm not even around. By the time I come back, the charge sheet against me is full. <laughs> Listen, as believers, we must be careful not to magnify the devil in our lives. We must be careful. Do things go wrong once in a while? Yes. Do they go wrong because of the devil? No. They go wrong for three reasons. 
One, our ignorance, our carelessness, our misbehaviors. Number two, there's a testing of our faith. God said, let me see what these boys are going to do. If I don't even come through quickly. I want to teach them that life does not depend on, man, on bread alone. I can bring manna when people don't even know there's anything available. See, sometimes they are so disobedient. And there has to be a just recompense or reward. Those are the only three reasons things go wrong in the life of a Christian. It is never the devil. Never the devil. So you say the devil doesn't have power? Yes, that's exactly what I said. You need to hear it before. What is the role of the devil? I'll tell you. The devil only gets power over believers when one of those three conditions have been fulfilled. For that reason, when you want to stop the problem, you don't go after the devil. You go after those three things. Sometimes number one is just ignorance. My best example these days is that every person falling sick says it's my age. They say age is a disease. When God says clearly, age is not a disease. So if they say age is a disease, why is your knee paining you? You know, you know, last three weeks ago was my 56th birthday. So after that, my knees are paining me. <laughs> Instead of him to say, no, lay hands on your knee and say, in the name of Jesus, receive strength. He sits down in ignorance and says, the devil that's attacking my knee. It's not the devil that's attacking his knee. It is ignorance that's settled there. What am I trying to explain? Let's say even when we talk, let's be careful never to magnify the devil. I've heard it again and again. People will tell me, a witch afflicted my family for 15 years, and you are Christians. Please, those are statements that are good for people who are not believers. But if you are believers, no. I'm not going to teach on that now, but the emphasis is that when you are talking, don't even talk about that. A friend of mine, the son died. And a neighbor came to their house and said, Madam, I want you to know where I found out. Found out what? Who killed your son? Is that Madam next door? The woman is a witch. My friend, in her grief, started laughing. She roared with laughter and said, Madam, come and start going home. I don't know what happened, but I can assure you of one thing. A witch did not kill my son. To the law and to the testimony. That's what I'm trying to emphasize. In your life, you must always, that's what you do. Speak according to God's word. Please let me, I mean, I see I have so many things to say. I don't know, I'm just stuck on this one I've said so far. I'm just helping some people. If you have been blessed, please give me an amen. amen. Yeah, that's very encouraging. No way you are doing this work. <laughs> you want this kind of encouragement. Thank you very much. The Lord is good. <laughs> now, I said something last time, which is part of what I'm saying here. I said I woke up in the morning one day, and I do with my children now. I catch them once in a while. I said, let's talk about the Lord. I said that last week. I said, cause my victory this morning. Was it yesterday, this morning? I just said, come, let's talk about the Lord. And I want to introduce that to us again as Christians. Let's make it a habit. Just chat about the Lord. The time we spend chatting about trivial things is eating away at our faith. I told you one of the reasons why I stopped watching football as a young man was for one simple reason. I did not want to have information to contribute when discussions would start. That was all. Because I was in school and I would find my friends sit down for an hour talking about one European club and one Portuguese club and one Brazilian club 
And people will spend an hour exercising themselves almost to boxing. So I reasoned. It was just simple reasoning. That if you don't watch, you have nothing to say. I'm not kidding though. That was one major reason. I said, I'm not watching. Let's watch the ball. No, I'm not watching. Because if I watch, now the next discussion will be there. One hour analyzing football, which does not help your life. It is sound funny, but I want many people listening to me to go along that path. For the simple reason that, check it. You spend too much time analyzing what makes no meaning to your life. It boosts the flesh, you feel happy. Is it a sin? No, it's not a sin. In itself, because sin can be very relative sometimes. But the Bible says all things may be lawful, but they are not all expedient. It is eating your time. That's the point I'm making. What is that time supposed to be for? It is the time you are supposed to exercise yourself in talking about God. This thing, my brethren, it boosts faith. It boosts faith. I told you that day, it was a small experience. My wife and I just took a stroll. 30, 45 minutes or so. And in that stroll, we talked about why is our faith not working as much as it should? Is it that we are not doing something correct? We're just walking on the road and just talking. We prayed for this. Did we see the manifestation of what we prayed for? If not, why not? Did God fail? No, he doesn't fail. What was wrong with us? Husband and wife, you must do that kind of talk daily. Regularly. You know what gossip does? He wastes our time. You know all these analysis of political situations? Some people will sit there every day and be watching, what do you call it? This thing on AIT. Is it Kakaki? No, no, there's one political something. You want to hear my advice? Don't bother. You know, the other day, I used to do something every day. I, I like knowing what's going on, all right? So, I flipped the news. So, you know, American primaries is going on now. They're almost through with it, all right? Then they're going for the main election in November, right? Yes. So, every day I used to watch it, Donald Trump, uh, Bernie Sanders, and um, Hillary Clinton, Ted Cruz, all of those people. They one that they're laughing. And since that time, I don't watch it as regularly as I used to watch it. Do you know why? I was just watching, I just suddenly realized something. I said, God has decided who's winning. Ah, so I said, why am I watching this? I, I don't know whether you get my point. I was watching that day. I remember I was watching that. Day. I was trying to analyze, ah, Donald Trump should be able to do this. What about this person, Ted Cruz? Can he, ah, this brother is dropping out. There's suddenly something drops in my mind. I said, what's all of this you are doing? Do you know the person that will win has been determined? Oh, I lost interest. I still watch it a bit, but that was the day my interest died. I just realized that all this noise is what is called many, many activities. You know, people are just busy. People keep them, uh, God has kept them occupied with many activities. The person who will win has been determined. Now, I'm not speaking prophetically, but this is an interesting thing. It may not even be amongst the people all of us have seen. That day I realized that God has already decided who's winning. Are you, I hope you're getting my point. I'm going to emphasize something to us. There's a habit that 
other things we talk about has taken away from us and, very importantly, succeeded, therefore, in weakening our faith. It has succeeded, therefore, in weakening our faith. What is the habit? To just sit down and just talk about the Lord. You just sit down and let's say, you and your friends say today, let's talk about money. And you start saying the things. You're not arguing. There's different, this is no argument. You're just talking about things that you have learned. Things that you have come to understand. You just start looking and say, do you know that a man's life does not consist in the abundance of things which he possesses? Even if all you are doing is reading scripture to each other. You know, the Bible says, the Lord is my shepherd. Is he your shepherd? Amen, bro. Is your shepherd. Mine too. Hallelujah. <laughs> you flip again. He said, do you know? He said, no good thing will be withheld from the person that walks uprightly. Are we walking uprightly? Let us pray for a minute. Father, every upright, lack of uprightness in us, uproot it in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Do you know? We will have been slaves. Were it not for Jesus that died on the cross? I do with my children these days. I started just last week. I just grabbed them and said, ah, victory. Let's talk about the Lord. Do you know because of him we are free? You say, mm-hmm. <laughs> do you know he's watching? In fact, the one I told him this morning, was this morning or yesterday? I said, do you know our lives are not accidents? I said, we are not here because we want to be here. We are here because God has led us here. I said, do you know he's leading us somewhere tomorrow? If we follow him, he will take us there. The boy is eight years old. I said, do you know if we follow him, he will take us somewhere great? Just a few statements. That's what I mean by talking about the Lord. As believers concerning Nigeria, you can sit down and say, Christians, let's talk. Let's talk about the nation. Do you know the destiny of nations is decided by God? Do you know God has chosen times and seasons and different epochs? We know that he's the one that makes rulers. He brings up one after he has put down another. He removed good Lord Jonathan from office and he put Buari in there. He'll tell you a few stories. Oh, the other day I listened to David Paulson. He said, David Paulson, he said that once he was traveling to Israel. When he got to Israel, he realized that God just spoke to him that Margaret Thatcher was going to be their next prime minister. So he took a letter and wrote to Margaret Thatcher that God said you will be the prime minister next and these are the things he wants you to do. He said he wrote to, of course, Margaret became the prime minister. Then one day he told another person that before the end of that year, she will stop being prime minister because God is disappointed about something she did not do. I don't know whether he told her, but he told people. This is her last year in office as prime minister. You know, she did not serve her term out. It was not the election that took her out. And then she resigned. He said it ahead that God said, for certain reasons... She disappointed me in this and this and that. For that reason, I'm removing her this year. God handpicked, for those of you who were doubting me before, believe it today. He had handpicked Muhammadu Buhari and said, I am removing good Lord Jonathan from office. And I don't know the reasons, but he specifically mentioned reasons. I will replace him with this man. And if the man, listen, God has assignment for every head of state. And his assignment is not what you are thinking. He didn't say, go and give them a good life. People think presidents were appointed to make your life sweet. You had better pray. When you are praying and God says, show them mercy, then he will send somebody like that. There are times God will look and say, 
Egyptians have annoyed me. Therefore, I will give them over into the hands of a cruel ruler. When God wanted to break the hold that Islam had in Nigeria, he sent Sani Abacha. And I knew that prophecy long before that. I first heard it discussed in 1986. It took a while. Then one day a man came to office. You may be looking for whatever. The man, God had given him one assignment. Depose Dasuki. Let them know that the Nigerian head of state is superior to the sultan. That's all. <laughs> Every head of state has a job. These are the things they talk about discussing. You pray for a man that's in the office right now and say, Lord, whatever it is that his assignment, let it be fulfilled if it's for our good. If it is for our bad, please have mercy on us. That's how, because that's how you pray. There's no obojo in this thing. No. Some of the things we call faith is nothing but stupid obojo. Say, God, we're not going to agree. Say, sit down there. You will see. Don't agree. Better move. When it was time to destroy Jerusalem, all he told the people is that I will do you a favor. I will let you know when so you can run ahead of time. So once the armies began to surround Jerusalem, every Christian disappeared. That's how you pray. Say, Lord, this man that you have brought in, I believe it's for good anyway. I, I, that's my persuasion. Help him to do good. Then you start fighting. When you finish discussing, listen, listen to this. Those are the times. Now, uh, hey, I have a word from God. Those are the, that is the reason why God has not been showing us enough revelation of things to come. We have not been paying attention by talking about him. That is why everything has been taking us by surprise. We have not been paying enough attention by talking about him. If you speak, if Christians gather regularly and talk according to what I have said, it will now become commonplace that God said, don't worry. This is the last six weeks. Get fuel ready. There will, be, there will be difficult to find fuel for the next six weeks. But don't worry. In the seventh week, fuel will be as common as water around you. This is why we have not been getting, because there was a time. I wrote an article and said to my brother, I said, where is God says the Lord? Why is everything taking us by surprise? I just got the answers I was preaching now. That's the reason. That is the reason. Nobody pays me attention. When they come to churches, bless me, bless me, extra, extra, add more. Let them just gather and talk, magnify the name of God. They're not asking for anything, they just let's talk about the nation. They just are reciting things that he rules in the affairs of men. He has appointed us for a job this season. Lord, reveal to us what's our assignment. Listen. If enough of us gather and do that regularly, revelation will be commonplace. Somebody will just come to church one day and say, Brethren, please, as I was praying yesterday, I just had this strong feeling and I shared with pastor and he said, it seems to be the spirit of God, that please, everybody should please fill all their cars, buy a few extra jerry cans of fuel, because it shall be six weeks before there is ease again. Then when people are starting their own, all of you just relax. Say, man, the thing is now 700 a liter. You just smile. Say, today is the end of the sixth week. By this week, rejoice because deliverance has come. That is the atmosphere in which the Lord gives revelation to his people. When they take it to heart to talk about him.
That's what I'm talking about. Let me close here. I hope I've made some point today. Next time, what I, uh, you say, you're always saying this, but actually this is true. Today, I wanted to talk about everyday technology in the advancement of your faith. In fact, I kept my phone here because I quickly downloaded some information, and so I left it on the phone, of how the Roman roads were prepared by God for the advancement of the gospel. I've also heard that spoken about on Coral Ridge Hour when I was listening to one of the Presbyterian preacher in the U.S. then. So I just Googled it just before coming up, and I saw a lot of information on this. I wanted to use that, but time has taken that from me now, so we'll go on to it next time. Because next thing I want to explain is that you must fill your atmosphere with the word of God. You must let it talk to you when you lie down. That's one habit my wife and I have. Sometimes we sleep away, sometimes we come back to it. You want to sleep, you scroll to your tab, press on Kenneth Hagin, and it stays there. You may hear it for only five minutes. It may just be five minutes and you doze off. But that's five minutes adding to the store of information for faith in your heart. Many of you have t- I've given you my car to do something. Once you turn my key, a message comes on. In the same manner, he wants to fill your heart with knowledge. He did not give us, listen, WhatsApp is not for talking nonsense. It's for spreading truth. Don't be an alarmist. Movies burning, movies burning, don't forward it, rubbish forward. Most Christians, they pray, God, we hear, because they are alarmists, they are afraid. You will get a message, movies burning, and you got it six years ago, it's still burning. Have you not gotten that one? Somebody just get up and write something. Don't be an alarmist. God gave you all of those things for certain important information to be spread around. The earth must be filled with the knowledge of God as the waters cover the seas. I hope you've learned something. I talk so much. Let's give the Lord thanks. Say, Lord, thank you. Let's thank you. Let's say, Father, we thank you because you have set us free. Say, Father, we thank you because our lives are hid in Christ in God. Say, in Christ I'm hidden. In Christ I'm safe. In Christ I'm forgiven. In Christ I'm protected. In Christ I prosper. Say, in Christ I see the face of God. Say, I have received favor. I have received forgiveness. I have received mercy. I have received healing, therefore. You know, Jesus will say, look, your sins are forgiven you. He said, if he has committed any sins, the man that is sick, it will be forgiven him. That is, when, when God forgives, he heals. You are forgiven in Jesus' name. Amen. Therefore, I cast every sickness out of your system. Amen. I command it to disappear in the name of Jesus. Amen. If it's diabetes, they call it, I call it healing in the name of Jesus. Amen. I call you well in the name of Jesus. Amen. From the top of your head to the soles of your feet. Healing is your portion in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. The strength of God comes to you right now in the name of Jesus. Amen. I declare to you that evil will not befall you. Amen. I feel like saying this. In this country, you will prosper. Amen. You will have your own fuel. Amen. Somebody here will begin to refine fuel after a while. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. The anointing to run a refinery. Receive it in Jesus' name. Laws will be written so that you can participate. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. There are things that God does just for the show of it. Yes, yes he said, it's my glory. Let me just show it on somebody. Mm. He, he, he gave Peter a draught of fish and called Peter away from it. Mm. Sometimes God does just to make a point. God will make a point in your life in Jesus' name. Amen. Somebody here, you will have children until you start complaining. Amen. Because God just wants to make a point. God's point will be seen in your life in the name of Jesus. Amen. Somebody here, listen. 
You will buy four cars in one day and dash people. Yeah. Say why? I just wanted to do it. What are you getting from it? Nothing. Let it just be that I did it. It will happen to you in the name of Jesus. From this land, you will prosper. You will give scholarships. People will go abroad for postgraduate and it's from your pocket. In the name of Jesus Christ. They say, can anything good come out of Nazareth? They say, come and see. They will come and they will see you. From that, your village, people will say, can anything good come out of there? And they will say concerning you, come and see. And they will come and they will see you. In the name of Jesus Christ. I pray for you, your faith will not fail. No matter be the challenges of life, your faith will not fail. The angels of God will protect you. No evil will befall you. And no plague will come near your dwelling place. Everybody here, you are not only blessed, you are a blessing. Let me give an assignment. Tomorrow, eh, just put some money in your pocket. Just look for somebody and just dash somebody. Just for the sake. I don't care how poor you think you are. Between now and tomorrow, pray that God give me small money and just wake up after church. Just pay. You don't have to just pay transport for somebody. It's a prophetic word. You do it tomorrow. Make sure you dash somebody money. Why? It's a sign of great things to come. In the name of Jesus Christ. Come on, let's share the grace in fellowship quickly. Because of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, surely we have passed out of death and we have passed into life. And we have passed out of darkness into the light of Christ. We have passed out from under the curse into the blessing. All things have passed away in our lives. We are now filled with.